What is the one thing I need to do today that's going to make me feel like today is a success? Maybe I want to read to my children because that makes me feel the best. Yeah, I need to have tea on my own in the morning. I need to get a workout in. What is that thing that you're doing for yourself that makes you feel like today's been a great day? Because sometimes you check off everything off your to-do list, you do every possible item, but you still feel empty and unfulfilled. How many of you have ever felt that before? Hey everyone, welcome back to On Purpose. Thank you so much for being a part of the On Purpose community. I am just loving seeing all the feedback, all the insights, all the reviews. Keep them coming. It means the world to me. I love being able to interact with you. And like I keep saying, I can't wait to do these On Purpose events where we get to hang and get to meet. I'm really, really excited for those. And today's podcast and this episode is all about time. How many of us feel we waste time, we don't make the most of our time, and we don't create enough with our time? How many of us feel like time is just passing us by? We're like, has it really been a month? Are we already into June? I mean, when did this year even start? I mean, we're already into June. It's incredible how fast time flies. And it's so important. It's so integral that we learn the habits that help us understand how to manage our time. Now, some of the habits I'm going to be sharing with you today are things that I learned very early on in life. And some of them are going to be things that I learned more recently. But either way, I have found that how I use my time is directly correlated to the quality of my life. Time isn't just about how you feel if you got stuff done or if you checked off everything of your to-do list. It's actually about the quality of your life. Time and how you use it can cause regret or it can be an investment. It can be something you waste or something you spend. It can be something that you use to grow or it can hold you back. And so knowing the seven habits to make more with your time, to create more with your time, and to truly feel like your time is fulfilling, these seven habits and practices I'm going to share with you today are things that I have employed and tried and tested for a long, long time. So in Think Like a Monk, I actually give a breakdown on how we spend our time according to studies. So I'm reading from page 12 of the book in the first chapter. And we say that by the end of our lives, on average, each of us will spend 33 years in bed, seven years of which will be spent trying to sleep. That's crazy already, right? When you think about that, you're like, Wow, all those nights I spent tossing and turning. I'm, I'm sorry if this now makes you toss and turn tonight. That is not my intention. But it's to help us realize the quality of sleep, the value of sleep, why we need to sleep effectively. And I'll get on to sleep as a habit in our practices today. We spend a year and four months exercising. That's good news. And maybe that could increase too. And we spend more than three years on vacation. I know a lot of us would like to increase that statistic. Now, some of us are spending more time getting ready than others. 
right? It said that women generally spend about 136 days getting ready and men about 46 days. So we start to look at our time. When we're looking at the amount of time, we'll spend around 11 years of our lives looking at a TV and social media. And perhaps for a lot of us, it's more than that. So it's incredible to think of how we spend our time and how that dictates our values in life and how that impacts how we feel about ourselves. And so these habits I'm going to share with you will help you to actually effectively use your time in the way you want to. So the first habit that I'm going to speak about is called multitasking versus monotasking or multitasking versus single tasking. Now, how many of you believe that you can multitask? I know you're nodding right now. I know you're raising your hand. How many of you genuinely feel you can multitask? I have my hand up because I used to be one of those people. I then read a study that said this. Only 2% of the world's population can multitask. That means 98% of us cannot multitask. Now, the article goes on to say that when people hear that, we all believe that we're in that 2%, right? We all believe we can multitask. When the truth is, we're most likely in that 98% that can't. So if you're still sitting there convincing yourself that you're in that 2%, I promise you, you're not. And we have to switch to monotasking or single tasking. This is the idea of being present. Right now, as I'm recording this podcast, I don't have my phone in front of me. I don't have my laptop in front of me. I don't have any device in front of me apart from the microphone and the recorder. I am fully present with you and I know you can feel it. I know right now, whether you're walking your dog, whether you're cooking, whether you're eating, whether you're editing, whether you're at the gym, I know you can feel that I'm present. And why do I do that? Not so I can say I was monotasking or single tasking. I do it because I want you to get the best of me. You know that this podcast would be different if I was texting or messaging. You know this podcast would be different if I was cooking or if I was at the gym or if I was editing while I was doing this podcast. The quality of our output decreases as we multitask. Our efficiency and productivity goes up as we monotask or single task. We think that, hey, if I only spent time on one thing at a time, then I'm going to slow down. I'm going to achieve less than everybody. That's not true. You will actually achieve more quality. You will actually achieve more depth. You will actually achieve more connection by single tasking or monotasking. Think about every habit you do in the day. When are you trying to do some work, but you're also trying to do two different types of work? You're trying to send an email, but you're also trying to do some research. You're trying to create the next PowerPoint presentation at work, but you're also dealing with an Excel spreadsheet. And all of a sudden, by the end of the day, you've done neither. This is a common occurrence for pretty much all of us. And the only way to solve it is promise to be present with the task at hand. So from today, I want you when you start an activity to put away all your distractions for the time that activity takes, just try it. You'll feel uncomfortable. You'll feel uneasy. You'll have withdrawal symptoms. But I promise you, you will bring your awareness and attention back every time. And that's how you'll develop that muscle. 
That is how you will actually build that muscle. So that is the first habit that I want you to commit to. The second one has been probably the biggest revelation in the last five years of my life. And this is to time block logical versus creative work. I read a study that said you can't be logical and creative at the same time. It's almost like trying to drive from East LA to West LA in peak traffic. Your brain is getting conditioned in a particular area and now you're asking it to completely switch and catapult to another side of use. It is so difficult. It is almost like stretching an elastic band and hoping it doesn't break. You're stretching your ability to extend and expand yourself into two completely opposite ways of working and trying to get it happen at the same time. How many of you walk from a data meeting into a brainstorm meeting? How many of you go from trying to be creative and coming up with ideas to then trying to do your finances? How many of you go from looking at analytics or algorithms and then try and figure out what your next post is going to be on social media, right? Whatever job you do, we all toggle and pendulum swing between these two very opposite uses of our mind. It's crazy to me that we didn't figure this out earlier, but the idea of block creating or block being logical actually allows you to go deep and absorb and create. It actually makes you feel more at ease. Things come naturally. Things move into flow. When I'm recording a podcast, I try and schedule 10 podcasts that week because then I get really good at hosting. I get really good at asking questions rather than if I went from a podcast meeting to then rushing into another meeting right? So I want you to think about in your life where you can time block and create. Now, I want to give you a method of how to do this. This week, I want you to write out your to-do list. So write down one to 10 of your to-do list for the whole week. What are all the tasks you need to do? Just create a long list of those, as many as you usually have on your to-do list. Now, on a piece of paper, I want you to create a little table, draw a line down the middle, and on one side, write logical, and the other side, write down creative. What you're going to do is you're going to plot each of these to-do list items into whether it's a logical item or a creative item. Is it logical? Is it analytical? Is it structured? Is it methodical, right? Like that's the logical aspect. Or is it creative? Is it a brainstorm? Is it artistic? Is it doing something new and fresh and that requires innovation? It's really important that you decipher whether something's logical and creative. That's the first step. The final step is figuring out how long you think each item will take. So for example, if I'm scripting for my podcast, which is a creative task, that I know is going to take about two hours. But if I'm focusing on looking at the analytics of my videos or my episodes, for example, I know that's a logical task, which will take about an hour. So you want to, next to each item, write down a time estimate for how long you think it's going to take. It's then the moment to switch this into which day you're going to do it on. So Mondays could be logical days. Tuesday could be creative days. Wednesday could be a creative day. Thursday, a logical and Friday, a logical, for example. But the goal is you can also do mornings and afternoons. So you can have logical mornings and creative afternoons or creative mornings and logical afternoons. It's important that you use the time estimate to schedule in your day what time of day you're going to practice it 
and when it's going to get done. Remember, the goal is to be as immersive as possible. So if you can have a couple of days in the road that are both logical or creative, you're more likely to really let your mind go there. The third habit is everything has to go in your schedule. And I mean everything. I mean breakfast. I mean lunch. I mean dinner. I mean break time. I mean watching your favorite show. I mean exercising. I mean everything you possibly can. Because what that means is when you do that on a Sunday before the week begins, you look at your schedule every morning and you know exactly what you have to do. You're so clear. You don't have to think. You don't have to procrastinate. You don't have to overthink. You don't have to overanalyze. You don't have to waste time. You already know what you're doing next. You're already clear on what's next. You're already completely free of the pressure to think, do I want to do this? Do I need to do this? Do I have to do this? It is all clear. For a long time now, I've had my meal times there as well because I would find myself just working through lunch, then feeling hungry, then feeling a problem with my gut, then feeling like I you know, should have eaten on time. And then I'm eating junk food. I'm now eating too much sugar. I'm now consuming a drink that has just got all the terrible stuff in it because I need to get that energy back. So notice how each of our bad habits or lack of prioritization leads to another bad habit. So everything truly, truly, truly needs to be in your schedule. And that's not something that you want to miss because I find that if it's not in my calendar, if it's not in my schedule, it gets forgotten. How many times did you know you had a meeting, but then you missed the meeting? How many times were you unprepared for an appointment because you forgot because it wasn't in your calendar? This is a common occurrence and it wastes time. You have to reschedule the meeting. It may take two weeks now by the time that person has time for you. It makes people feel undervalued. There are so many emotional impacts of not managing your time effectively. People get hurt, people get offended, you get hurt, you get offended. And it starts to create more and more issues in your life. The fourth habit and practice is a simple question you have to ask yourself every day. And this is a question that has to be asked on the day. It's not something that you can prepare or plan for or come up with a week in advance. This is the question. What's the one thing I need to do today to make myself feel that today is a great day? What is the one thing I need to do today that's going to make me feel like today is a success? And it's one thing that you do for yourself. It may be I want to read to my children because that makes me feel the best. It's going to be I need to have tea on my own in the morning. I need to get a workout in. What is that thing that you're doing for yourself that makes you feel like today's been a great day? Because sometimes you check off everything off your to-do list, you do every possible item, but you still feel empty and unfulfilled. How many of you have ever felt that before? Right? You check off everything off your to-do list and you're still wondering, why do I feel incomplete? Why don't I feel good about myself? And it's because you haven't done that one thing. The best way to do this is to set a time every day that you ask yourself this question. It could be first thing in the morning. It could be the last thing at night when you have an hour left at the end of the day where you can really choose what you want to do. And I've noticed that when I ask myself this question, rarely is the answer, oh, I want to watch a show or I want to waste time. It'll be something like, 
why don't I just read one line of my favorite book? Why don't I just watch this one video that inspires me? Why don't I pray? Why don't I meditate? It's always something profound. And it may not be for you. For you, it may just be watching your favorite show and that's totally fine. I find for me, it's just always something that makes me reflect, step back, and feel even more grateful that I'm alive. Now, step five is creating goals and plans. This method has saved me so much time and it's a method that goes from one big goal to four weekly targets to one daily task, right? One big goal, four weekly targets, and then one task per day. I call it the one for one method. Every month in my life is planned in this way to make me feel like I'm not ahead or behind, but I'm exactly where I need to be. So often we have a goal, but we don't create a plan to get there. So we judge ourselves every day. That wastes time and energy. We feel we're behind. That wastes time and energy. We actually now realize we are behind. That wastes time and energy. But you don't know what ahead or behind is because you never had a plan. I'll give you an example. If I know I want to get from point A to point B, and I know it's a two-hour journey, and I leave half an hour late, I know that I'm going to get there roughly half an hour after the time I predicted because I had a plan. If I knew which route I was going to take, and I checked it on the GPS. But if I just went out there, I had a goal to get to point B, I didn't really think about how long it was going to take. I didn't look at the traffic and then I'm just stuck. Now that drains more time and drains more energy. So the first thing is you need, what is your big monthly goal? For example, I want to finish my book proposal. That could be a goal. Another type of goal would be, I want to lose or gain X amount of weight. Another goal could be, I want to create a business plan for my new passion idea. I want to launch my podcast, right? These are all one big goal for a month or it could be longer. Now, you want to turn that one big goal into four weekly targets. So let's take the book proposal idea. Week one, I'm going to create my chapter summary. Week two, I'm going to create my marketing plan. Week three, I'm going to write out my first chapter And week number four, I'm going to get feedback from my agent or my team members. That would be a great four breakdown of four weekly targets. I now need a daily task to complete that weekly target. Day one, research a book proposal. Day two, start looking at examples of other book proposals. Day three, right? You start seeing how it works. When you can break down one big goal into four weekly targets and then into one daily task, I promise you, you will be creating a plan that simplifies and makes the process so much easier than ever before. What we do if we don't do this is we have that big goal and we just hope that we're going to know what to do tomorrow. And the problem is it gets to tomorrow, you wake up, you open your laptop and you go, oh, I don't even know where to start because it's so overwhelming, right? It's so overwhelming. You're looking at the whole journey instead of looking at the first step, right? It's all about looking at that first step. If someone asks you to build a wall, you look at the first brick. If someone asks you to walk 10 miles, you look at the first step of the first mile. 
If you're looking at a tournament, if you're trying to win a trophy, you don't think about the whole tournament. You think about the game that you're in right now. When we were trained in meditation as monks, it would always be like, focus on this one mantra at a time, this one affirmation at a time. Often we would meditate for four, eight hours, 12 hours sometimes, but we were taught not to focus on the first hour or the first minute. We were told to focus on the first moment, the first mantra, the current moment, the current mantra. That was all we had to give our energy to. So I want you to use the one for one method. Habit number six is called habit stacking. Now, I know I spoke to you about monotasking versus multitasking, but habit stacking works when we're doing something that we do on autopilot with ease and that is natural. And we've always found, already found a mindful way of doing it. I'll give an example. You may wake up in the morning and at night and you brush your teeth without even thinking about it. And you've tried to become more mindful, you're more present, but actually now you may start listening to a podcast as you brush your teeth. You might be listening to an audiobook as you brush your teeth. Or let's say you have a chore that you have to do at night. You have to, you know, wash your clothes or you have to wash up the dishes or whatever, whatever you do after eating. And again, you're going to listen to that audiobook. You're going to put on your favorite song. You're going to call your friend. This allows you to do two things at once, but only with habits that you do almost unconsciously. This doesn't apply to the focused creative work. It doesn't apply to the logical work. It applies to the habits that you do almost with your eyes closed, but now you're adding this layer so that you feel you use your time more effectively. I find that when I'm driving, it's a great time to listen. I find that when I'm washing up, it's a great time to talk to someone. Not only does the activity that may seem laborsome or tiring or boring seem more meaningful, but also I feel like I'm getting more out of my time. Ask yourself, what are the habits in your day that you could add a habit to which doesn't take away from the base thing you're doing? That's a very important question to be asking. It can't take away from what you're trying to do. It can't make you less effective at something you're trying to do. And the seventh habit to get more out of your time and make more out of your time, and I know it sounds counterintuitive, but I mean it, it's good sleep. You get good sleep, you will get more out of your time. You exercise, you will get more out of your time. You meditate, you will get more out of your time. What's common about these three habits is we think they take time, but they all make time. If you slept well, you're more alert. If you've exercised, you have more energy. If you've meditated, you're more focused. So even though those habits take time, they actually make more time than they take. So many of us get absolutely lost in thinking, oh no, I don't have time to meditate today. I've got too much work to do. Well, what if you were able to do the same amount of work in less time because you were so focused through the meditation? Oh, I can't exercise today. I've just, you know, got so much on, so many tasks to finish. Well, what if I was more energized? Maybe I'd work faster and smarter. Oh, I can't, I can't do it today because, you know, I can't sleep enough today. I've got too much to finish off, but now I'm drained and I'm drained the next day. Please do not underestimate the value of sleep, meditation, and exercise in helping you be more productive and effective and make more of your time. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. Let me know in your Instagram stories and your Twitter posts what 
is the number one habit that you're taking away from this and going to apply this week. I love learning what's practically improving your lives. I can't wait to see it. And make sure you leave a review if you can. Thank you so much for listening to On Purpose. I'll see you again next week. Let's get real. Most people either don't like their jobs, feel unfulfilled in their jobs, or realize their day jobs are no longer stable. But what's required in a fulfilling career? You need to feel like you're good at what you do and that your job allows you to serve the world through your greater purpose in some capacity. If you feel like you haven't achieved this yet in life, the important thing to remember is that it's never too late. It's never too late to start over and choose to really go after what you're meant to do. Join me on July 1st for my brand new live masterclass, Pursuit of Purpose. We'll discuss the ways in which you can create a career that fulfills your soul and how you can serve the world by living out your values, passions, and purpose. To register, just go to jshettypurpose.com. Again, that's jshettypurpose.com. The only way you're going to feel satisfied in your career is if you choose to honor your greatest values. It's time to find what makes you come alive. I'm so grateful and so excited for you to join your pursuit of purpose. See you on July 1st.